You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What's going on, everyone? You are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast with your host, Matt Labrie. And we have something a little out of the ordinary brewing up here. It's special. We're brewing something up here at Decoding Success. Today, we are bringing to you yet another wildly insightful experience and all-around awesome guest to the show. This is actually our third interview in a row that we are sitting down with someone, decoding their success, and amplifying it to all of you. Today, we are actually joined by the founder and CEO of Farmbox Direct, Ashley Trenier. Ashley has gone from being a single mom on food stamps to the CEO of a national brand that aims to eradicate the food desert problem America faces. Now, with the clear conviction that all people should have access to organic food, Ashley works tirelessly to disrupt the food policy space. Ashley was a winner of the 2016 Glamour Magazine Starters Project and appeared in a 2017 Infinity commercial as a featured entrepreneur in their Beyond the Numbers campaign. She has appeared in over 100 news publications including Time, Forbes, CNN, Fox, and Money as an advocate for healthy eating and for women founded and operated companies. She has created partnerships with Michelle Obama's Move campaign, speaks around the country on health, wellness, food, and entrepreneurship. Ashley currently lives in New New York City with her seven-year-old daughter, Harlow, while running her business that currently boasts $5 million in revenue. Now, Ashley's daughter also launched a business, which we will talk about in just a little bit. But before diving into today's episode, I want to ask you to make sure you're sharing this with at least one person today. Ashley is graciously sharing her insights, wisdom, experiences, and more with all of us to help us level up our lives. You have the opportunity to help someone close to you level up theirs by shooting this over in a text, on social, or wherever you desire. Also, if you haven't yet, leaving a rating and review would mean the absolute world to us here at Decoding Success. We're not sitting here asking for five stars each and every time. We want your genuine feedback so we can make this show better and better. So, sharing and reviewing, much, much appreciated, and you know how much we love to be of value. So on top of the fire that Ashley's dropping here today, we made sure to partner up with some really amazing companies to bring you even even more value. Firstly, GenM to start is helping business owners across the globe effectively and affordably scale their marketing efforts by providing users their very own remote marketing intern. We use GenM at 1B Branding, my New York City branding agency, and have absolutely loved it, which is exactly why we are here sharing the good word with you. You can refine your search on their platform based on country, skills, needs, language, and so much more. To check it out, all you have to do is head over to the link in the show notes of this episode. And hey, we've also partnered up with Audible to help you optimize your net time outside of listening to podcasts. So if there's a book you've been hoping to dive into, Audible and Decoding Success are giving all of our listeners today one free audiobook of your choice. Seriously, no strings attached. To claim your free audiobook, head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. And now, without further ado, we bring to you Ashley Trenier. Ashley, first and foremost, I need to express my gratitude and thank you for dedicating time to making an impact here on Decoding Success. I'm personally super excited to have you. I think your story is absolutely remarkable. So thank you for being here with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Listen, Ashley, first question straight off the bat for you is how do you personally define success? 
Uh, I think it's, you know, as I've went through you know, being a business owner over the last five and a half years, I think my, well, through my life too, I think success has definitely changed my, my vision of it. No longer really money driven. Um, for me, I will feel that I've been successful when the food desert problem that America faces is eradicated. Um, I think that that's when I will completely feel I've defined success. I love that. I really appreciate you sharing that as well. Now, you mentioned the food deserts, right? Can you just briefly explain what that is for anyone listening that might not understand the term? Right. So a food desert, uh, here in America, we've just given it a very cute name of the food deserts. Uh, it's really just food nutrition insecurity, which is actually a global issue where people just have no accessibility to fresh fruits and vegetables. And I really admire the fact that you are, you know, out there literally advocating that. I mean, personally, I went to college in um, not the best part of Queens, New York. And honestly, like I see it firsthand, like I, I literally saw it firsthand. And then learning about you, absolutely amazing. And again, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have you here, learn about your definition of success, which is amazing. And now my question to how you define success and kind of talking about the point you made about how success has changed and it's no longer money driven. That's been kind of a trending topic on the show. So my question to you now is how do you find yourself staying on track to be able to achieve what you now define success as? Right. So, you know, my company originally, we didn't work to eradicate the food desert problem. So, you know, everybody has bills and you have to, you know, make money in order to survive. So we grew into a bit of a social mission. So we have people that are not in the food deserts that are our customers, which are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're paying just as those in the food deserts. Half of the number of people in the food deserts are considered low income. So for me, it was, you know, it, it, it's been imperative that my company first went after um, like a higher income clientele. This was just a convenience factor for them, um, which kind of led us to go through the direction of be, becoming a social mission uh, based company. Even when I tried to go raise money, I had a, like every VC that I met with had said to me, uh, it's great what you're trying to do in the food deserts. However, we don't want to focus on the people in the food deserts. We want to focus on the higher income individual. And so I really had to question, do I want to continue down this path or do I want to continue down the path of where, you know, I scale the company to be worth a hundred million and sell it, you know, to like an Amazon or something. So for me, that just wasn't the answer. Um, I'm very passionate about food, nutrition, and security and eradicating the issue. For sure. For sure. And I definitely want to talk about your experience when it comes to scaling businesses and your experience personally with VCs. But before getting into that, I really want to start with your journey. As mentioned earlier, I'm blown away by your story. I think it's absolutely amazing. And it's nothing short of inspiring, right? From your never settle mindset to witnessing you stand up for your beliefs and everything in between. Can you walk us through your journey from being a single mother on food stamps to now being the CEO of a multi-million dollar revenue? Revenue generating business? Yeah, yeah. So um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I actually ended up on government assistance. I ended up on food stamps. And um, for me, being on government assistance was never the long term goal in my life. I didn't plan to stay on food stamps. And so um, once I had my daughter, 
I got a job and I ended up getting off government assistance because I was, you know, making money at that point. Um, and then I worked in fashion for a few years in New York City. And I just had this really hard time, even in this big city of New York, I had a hard time finding fresh fruits and vegetables for my, my daughter. And so I figured I couldn't be the only New Yorker with this issue. Uh, you, you, delivery is everything here. You can have everything delivered in New York City. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, I can get a can of soda delivered to me at 2 a.m. if I want to, but I can't get organic strawberries that are great quality. So I researched the market for about a year and there, I didn't have any competitors at that time. You know, Amazon wasn't in my space. So I was very fortunate that I was pre-Amazon and I have a very loyal, dedicated, you know, customer base. So that's really where the idea came from was just a convenience factor. I was solving a problem. Um, and then I only delivered in New York City and Brooklyn. And then as we grew as a company, I needed more reliable shipping. And so I figured out how to ship the box with FedEx. And I figured it out on a one-day transit, which got me up and down the eastern seaboard. And then I figured out how to ship it two days. And then we figured out how to ship it three days. And we figured out how to ship it three or four days of transit. We put our warehouse in Kansas um, because it's the center of the country. And so we, we reached the entire continent of the United States from there. Um, so it just, it grew. And then, you know, like I, I, I have Sam Cass, who is, uh, he's uh, president Obama. He was his chef and he was a senior policy advisor to Michelle Obama for nutrition. Um, and he's an advisor of my company and, you know, him and I did some stuff together trying to get the USDA to take food stamps online because of the food desert issue. So we've come a long way in five years. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing to hear. And honestly, you know, going through that journey with you very briefly, like all I could think about, the only thing ringing through my head is growth, right? Now, if you were to look back on this journey and everything you've been able to accomplish and change in your life, if you could pick one thing that you learned along that journey, right? What would that one thing be and why? I don't know if I would change anything really, you know, if I, I, I don't think that, I, I look at everything like I'm off. I'm often asked if I could go back and change, you know, like getting divorced and ending up on government assistance when I was pregnant with my daughter, would I change it? And no, because it has led me to where I am. Like I always say I'm a rhinoceros. Like I only charge forward. I can never look backwards. So like rhinos can't look backwards. So I don't ever look back. So I take everything. Like, I mean, I remember there was a time we once ordered like, 10,000 the wrong size boxes. <laughs> um, and that was a costly mistake. But you know what, it's a mistake that's never happened again. And you know, it's growing pains of a business. Now, is it safe to say your daughter was your motivator knowing, you know, you're now responsible for not only yourself, but this new life you brought into the world? For sure. Because, you know, it, like if I mess up my life, it's okay. Right. But if I mess up her life, it's not okay. And I couldn't, I couldn't fail. I couldn't let her see me fail because I had already had all of the odds against me. You know, I was a single mom. I was on food stamps. I, I had the odds against me that I was not going to make it off of those food stamps and I wasn't going to make it at all. I had no education to fall back on. So I couldn't fail. So those long sleepless nights, I mean, there's still several of them in business now, but <laughs> those long sleepless nights, you know, were really driven by her, you know, pushing me forward that I've got to show her a strong mother figure that's going to overcome adversity. 
yeah, you've definitely defied the odds and clearly it, it shows that she's your why and why, you know, you're, you're pushing forward. I absolutely love that. And your, you know, mention of a rhinoceros, that's absolutely hilarious. It, it's just so true. I've heard, heard people talk about octopuses and sharks and things of that nature. So I actually like the rhino. I'm just going to throw that out there. There's you know, a book. It's called The Rhinoceros Success. And it's like, it's, a, it's old. I think it was written in like the 80s or something. And now I read that book and it just made sense about how you just charge at your goals. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, what sparked your desire to fuel your body properly? And the reason I ask this is because although it's changing, right, we're seeing the change now, but people typically don't take you know, diet and exercise seriously until they have to, right? Until they go to the doctor or they end up in an emergency room or something of that nature. What caused you to, you know, fuel your body the right way and then want to help others do the same? So I am a big advocate of you are what you eat. And, you know, I I know that, you know, I travel a lot. And if I'm traveling, you know, sometimes it's hard to eat healthy, like on the go, and then I don't feel good and I'm not as productive. So for me, I like to prevent getting sick before I get sick, right? So it's kind of the concept of like, you know, the like daily steak eater and, uh, you know, dairy eater that ends up getting a heart attack and needs a quadruple bypass. All of a sudden they want to eat healthy after it because they have to, to avoid that again. Um, my theory is to just put great clean food in your body from the beginning and we can probably avoid that quadruple bypass. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, a lot of people that tune into the show are high performers. So, you know, you literally are clearly performing at a very high level. So to hear that, it's a great reassurance to all of us, including myself who had a few cookies last night, but I'm not going to throw a guilt trip on myself. I do appreciate you sharing that. Now, I, I have to ask this, what made you feel like you had to be the one or the individual to solve the problem people face when it comes to access to wholesome and fresh organic natural food? Well, we just happened to be the ones that pioneered it, right? So we actually, we never sought out to work to eradicate food deserts. Um, I had a really hard time early on in my company. It grew very, very quickly. Um, but I had a hard time with delivery drivers showing up for work. And so I thought to myself, I was like, who always shows up to deliver boxes? And I'm like, FedEx, FedEx shows up to deliver boxes. So there was a whole logistical nightmare that I actually didn't even know. Like in my mind, like FedEx comes and picks up the box for me today and they'll drop it off tonight to my customer in New York city. And that's not how it goes. Um, it goes like to a line hall in Pennsylvania and then it travels back up. It's a, it's like a whole logistical nightmare. So we really, we had to figure out how to ship this box to just our, our customers at that point. It just turned out when I met Sam Cass, he was like, do you know that your company can eradicate food deserts? And I'm like, what's a food desert, right? I had no idea what it was. But as I started to learn and open up our ship zone as to what a food desert is, and to dive deep into the issues in these food deserts, like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, like diet-related illnesses in these food deserts is rampant because people do not have accessibility to great fresh fruits and vegetables. They don't have accessibility to you know, bad fresh fruits and vegetables. So 
in these areas, like our Medicare, our Medicaid costs are skyrocketed because these are low-income areas also. So to me, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. Everybody wants cheaper taxes. Like, I've learned that. It's like, it's not a partisan issue. Like, everybody agrees we want cheaper taxes. So it just happened to be that we fell into we can eradicate food deserts. Um, and then, you know, it really, to, to myself, it came to be kind of like... It's like if you invent the cure for cancer, right? And Pfizer comes to you and says they want to buy it and they're not going to release it to the public to cure cancer. You would have to stop and kind of take a moral compass look at yourself. And so when I was trying to raise VC money and all the VCs were saying to me, it's great, we'll give you money, but we're, you're not going to you know, work on food deserts. To me, I feel like I have found the cure for cancer in these food deserts. So I turned it down. Yeah, you saw the opportunity and you, and you went after it. I really respect that regardless of what happened with VCs, like you're getting after it. And, and honestly, it's really admirable. And, you know, we, we've kind of talked about a lot of the learnings from your venture, but if you were to only pick one lesson entrepreneurship has taught you, what would that be? <laughs> well, that's a really hard one. Um, I think the biggest lesson I have learned, and this is not just in my business, or but it is my personal life, is to think and walk away before you hit send on an email, a text, you know, smoke signal above somebody's house. Think before you hit send. It's actually a great one as, you know, that's not even little. I can't even use the word little. That is actually great advice because there have been countless times I've been uh, guilty of that myself. So that's definitely a great reminder. And, you know, you talked about VCs uh, a few times on the show. And uh, from what I understand, you face challenges while raising money for Farmbox, whether because of being a female or educational backgrounds and things of that nature. So what advice, knowing what you know now from your experience, what advice do you have for other female founders potentially going through the same thing? So, well, I have advice for men too, um, because I think that I, I look at this as a mother. I am raising a colorblind, socially tolerant, like she doesn't see orientation, you know, like that's the little human I am raising so that if she grew up to become a VC and a woman walks through her door for money, she's not judged, right? Like there will be a day, as Sheryl Sandberg said, there will be a day that it will not be female leaders. It will, they'll just be leaders, right? Like we're still female, like it's a female leader. Like, no, we're just a leader, right? Even though I'm a woman. Um, so, you know, I think men have to also remember that too. We, you, you, just because you're, you're born a man and 97% of the VC dollars go to you, you know, it's, it's them that have to make the changes too. And sorry, that's my little feminist rant there, but for women that are walking <laughs> through the door to go and try to get VC money, you know, at the end of the day, the odds are against you because only 3% of VC dollars go to women found, women ran companies, but you're going to get turned away. You're going to get told no. You're going to get told that your idea is crazy, but you just have to keep charging forward and you just have to really believe in what you're doing. Yeah. You have to be that rhino. Like you said, it's popping up again. <laughs> now, what's a question you wish more people would ask you when it comes to business and how would you answer that question? 
Oh, so I feel like a good lesson in in business is to really understand cash flow. I don't think a lot of business owners go into their, whether I don't care if it's an online business, it's a dry cleaning business, whatever it may be, you have to really understand your cash flow or you're going to have a complete mess at the end of the month. So I think that that's a great lesson that people need to know. For sure. No, it most definitely is. Cash flow, cash is king, right? Now, actually, I definitely want to respect your time, but I want to squeeze two more questions out of you. First one being, what was a piece of advice that you've been given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but over time it proved to be true? Oh, I had um, one of my, my investors actually said to me, the reason that you're probably getting turned away so much is you're, you know, a new CEO. And that was when I was raising money. And I said, you know, I was offended, right? I was like, but I, from a $70,000 investment, we got to almost 400,000. And with the next investment, we're at, you know, 1.7 million. And now that I'm five and a half years into my company and I've now launched my second company, um, it's funny because I, I went into my second company and I was like, this is a cakewalk. Like I know all of the mistakes to do. I'm a seasoned CEO now. And it's proven true. My second company is actually scaling faster than my first company did. Um, and so I didn't want to hear that at that time, but I needed a little, you know, I needed a little teaching. I needed to learn some mistakes. I needed to fall down a few times to get back up. Exactly. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Listen, you know, uh, it goes to show that there's really no such thing as an overnight success, right? We all have to start somewhere, regardless of, you know, what is portrayed out into the world. So it's definitely great reassurance. Now, Ashley, last question for you. If someone came up to you right now, you're, you know, you're hopping in an Uber, you're about to get on a plane, whatever the case is, someone comes up to you seeking a piece of advice to achieve their own definition of success, what would you tell them? I would tell them that success isn't defined by money, like I've already said, but it is defined in the amount of hustle and passion you're willing to put into your company or your dream. Um, I think Mark Cuban had said, like, don't ever chase your passion. And I like that, right? Like my passion is like Yeezy sneakers, like, but I'm not going (laughs) to say you know, right? So like, I'm not (laughs) selling them. But like my, my hustle and my passion for my company keep me going. I love that. No, that's awesome. Listen, I think Yeezy sneakers are definitely not the route for anyone to go down, but uh, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Now, Ashley, where can people keep up with you on social? Do you have any special projects, any websites to point everyone that's tuned in? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm Farmbox Ashley. I, I decided that was the name because everybody just knows me as Farmbox Ashley. That's like such a part of my life, I guess. Um, Farmbox Direct is my first company and my newest is Harlow's Harvest. Awesome. Yeah, tell everyone what Harlow's Harvest is actually. So Harlow is my daughter um, and she's the self-proclaimed vegan. She refuses to eat anything from an animal. Uh, And it's basically a cooking kit that is shipped to consumers' doors um, once a month that teaches culinary skills to children um, that are like, you know, they're vegan or vegetarian dishes always. So that stays very true to my daughter, Harlow. And it very visually teaches the child to cook. So they're not reading from a recipe um, because it's really geared at kids ages like four to 14 
Um, but then they visually learn how to cook, how to dice tomatoes. And we have a big, big spin on humanity, um, community in the box, uh, history, geography. Like we did a kit based on the country of France. So the kids learned all about French cooking, French dishes. One kit that I really, really loved was uh it's called the ocean kit and it taught kids really like if we don't do something about our plastic issue we are going to have more plastic than fish in the ocean here very soon so it's teaching kids to be you know conscious humans at the same time that is an amazing amazing initiative so again just like i said earlier you're spearheading such amazing things and i appreciate you hopping on here dedicating time adding value from your insights experiences and all that so thank you again for joining us yeah thanks for having me And there you have it from Ashley herself. Now, first and foremost, Ashley, shout out to you for not only adding value through your insights and experiences, but adding value from an educational perspective. I think it's really important for all of us tuned into this show right here on Decoding Success to continuously broaden our horizons. And Ashley helped us doing that in the sense of elaborating on these food deserts that are right here in our own country, right here in our own backyards, right here in the communities next door to us. It's really, really important for us to continuously broaden our horizon. So again, Ashley, shout out to you for helping us do that right here on this episode. Now, if you're not already connected to Ashley, she's very active on Instagram. You can see her in the Hamptons. You can see behind the scenes in the business world. You could check her out on Instagram. I highly suggest doing so. Keep up with her company. Keep up with Harlow's Harvest, her daughter's company. Now, that's one thing I wish I had when I was a kid. I was learning how to cook from Emeril Lagasse as my father or mother were watching the Food Network. For the sake of mentioning Emeril, I will drop a Bam! For the sake of that, I had to do that. I loved Emerald for that. But seriously, Harlow's Harvest. Listen, if you have kids, really check that out. 4 to 14. I think that's really, really amazing. And again, helps them broaden their horizons. So, so important. Now, like I said, connect with Ashley. On top of that, as mentioned earlier in the show, if you could drop a rating and review, that would mean the absolute world to us. And if you haven't yet sharing this episode, make sure you tag Ashley. Let her know where you heard her right here on Decoding Success. And as always, I want to dive into a few of the points and this gets harder and harder and harder each and every time I swear but I want to dive into a few of the points that really resonated with me on a high level and the first one that really stood out to me even before we had this interview was the fact that Ashley is spearheading initiatives that are world changing seriously like she is so freaking courageous she's figuring shit out along the way right she doesn't have this Harvard MBA yet she didn't need it She didn't need it and she doesn't need it still. She is literally freaking crushing it and it is so admirable to watch. It is so admirable to see firsthand and to learn from her firsthand. It's inspiring to say the least. And I think it goes to show that you don't have to know A through Z in whatever you're getting into in life or whatever you desire to get into in life. It's more so just taking the action and learning along the way. Learn along the journey. That's exactly what it's about. You don't have to be scared to fail. You should fail. In fact, there are people that suggest that you fail over and over and over again as long as they're not the same failures that you're making. But I, I really, really admire that about Ashley, especially her courage and you know all of the adversity she's overcome in life. Now, another thing, point number two that really stood out to me, it's something that I never really thought about, but 
having the mindset of a rhino or having the abilities of a rhino being that rhinos can't turn their head. They can't turn around. They can't look back. It's all about moving forward. Now, I highly suggest all of us adopt this type of mindset. All of us adopt this type of way of living. I think that's really important for all of us. And honestly, check out that book. It's something I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I check that book out. And hey, go check it out. See if it's on Audible. You can get that book for free. Audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. Not to shamelessly plug, but it just so happened to fit there. And lastly, number three, find your why that you would be scared to fail for. Now, what do I mean by that? We talked in this episode about how Ashley's daughter is what motivates her. Ashley's daughter Harlow is exactly what keeps her moving forward. And I think that all of us, you don't have to be a mother, you don't have to be a father, but there's definitely something that can fuel you and can push you forward and pull you forward because pull is always better than push, but something along those lines where you're able to get that magnetic force from, right? Whether that's, you know, you want to be able to take care of your parents or, hey, maybe it is being a mother or, hey, maybe it is being a father. Maybe it is just having a reason to eradicate food deserts, right? Something of that nature. Find that why, find that purpose. And it's okay if your why changes, right? We're growing. Your why is going to change over time. Your definition of success is going to change over time. All of that is okay, but just make sure you're very self-aware of what that why is and what is truly fueling you. You don't want ego to fuel you. You don't want significance to fuel you, especially if it's in a negative form. Find that one thing that really, really fuels you just as Harlow, Ashley's daughter, does for her. I think that's really important. Now, again, I just want to mention, if you haven't shared this, make sure you do so. Just share it with one person. I think that's really, really important. Shout out to our partners that are making this show happen, Gen M and Audible. To connect with them, you can find the link in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.